0: Welcome to the 35th edition of the GUNA podcast, sponsored by Vision Sports Publishing, the publishers of GUNA editor Kevin Witcher's co-written book "Ars and Owl, the making of a modern super club, now out and paperback. back. What follows is the third and final excerpt of what transpired when our panel last gathered on the first Monday of September, during the international break and before Arsenal visited Eastlands and suffered defeat to Manchester City. The panel consists of David Udo, Highbury Spy Steve Ashford and Kevin Witcher. You've had two podcasts, and here's the remainder. Right, OK, we went a whole hour plus without mentioning possibly the most important or the most publicised incident um, in Arsenal season so far, and it is the alleged dive of Eduardo. Um, Kevin, I'll start with you. I have you first. So what were your opinions? What are your opinions?
1: My opinion in the stadium was that was a dive, and I... Basically, I think all Arsenal fans would like is some consistency. The idea that there is one rule for us and another for everyone else is what's really troubling about this. Uh, If UEFA really wanted to clamp down on diving. this would have happened years ago. I think there's a political agenda involving representatives of Scotland who have positions of power in UEFA, and for that reason Celtic are out of the tournament, and it's payback time. Um... Yeah, sure, Eduardo dived. It wasn't the greatest dive. I don't think it ultimately made much difference to the results of the tie. Um, But frankly, you you know, they always talk about not undermining the authority of the referee. That's exactly what they've done on this occasion. The referee made a decision. He thought it was a penalty. So what by doing this, they're undermining him? Um, Which goes against everything they've ever said in the history of football. So I, I, it's pissed me off quite considerably. Fortunate thing is, given the draw Arsenal have got, which I'm sure we'll come on to in the group stage, we can afford to let him sit out a couple of games. But uh, the way it's been handled has been absolutely terrible because of the the, the, the arbitrary nature yeah. of the rule change. Absolutely, I just <laughs> totally agree. <laughs> nonsense. It? Totally
2: agree, and also. Since, since the ban, virtually, I mean, the hypocrisy that's been shown, really? particularly in the English media, has just been incredible. Adrian Durham, Alan Brazil, Clive Tildesley, Peter Drury, all these apologists for English football. Kenny Galgleesh?
1: Yeah. Oh, sorry, yeah oh, I was a John Terry, English players don't dive. That yeah. was before the Slovenia friendly. I haven't one heard one. much since.
2: Since the Eduardo dive, I've seen. Five dives in various matches, I know. at very
0: minimum. A Celtic player actually got booked for dive in the so following every match. Striker,
2: every striker, every pundit that slagged off Eduardo, mm. they all say, well, when a striker's in that position, he goes to ground. Eduardo was in that position, he went to ground. Yeah. But, but he never mm. appealed for a penalty. I mean, how many, how many times you see players throw themselves over, not unlike Eduardo, what, like as Rooney? we said? Yeah, and they immediately stand up and say, penalty. Eduardo never stood up and said, penalty.
0: Rooney's was as much a dive for Manchester United as as Eduardo's, because he went looking for it. The only thing was, there was contact. But there wouldn't have been contact if he had just stepped over. Now, Andy Gray says, apparently, there is nothing to say that he doesn't have to go looking for that. I don't understand how that is not cheating. This
3: notion of contact is what gets me. The difference between football, basketball, golf, baseball is that golf, baseball and basketball are not contact sports. Football is a contact sport. They are allowed to touch each other. So maybe there are instances where, you know, a player nicks the ball around a player, around another player, gets clipped by the other player and goes down, and it's not a free kick or a penalty. They are allowed to touch each other. The rule is drafted such that, in order for a foul free kick to be given, the contact that is made, is made without the player touching the ball, and is the divining fact, the deciding factor in the player going to ground? If the player has got a ground of their own volition, then you know they're guilty of whichever way you look at it, simulation. Mm. You know whether it's on the halfway line, whether it's you know, by the touchline, whether it's in the penalty area. And this notion of contact is horseshit. Yes, Manuel Almunia made contact with Wayne, uh, with Wayne Rooney unequivocally. Yeah. However, Rooney was on his way down. <laughs> However, a would be A wobble. Jonathan Ross just popping in there. Um, uh, but Wayne Rooney was clearly on his way down and it was not the contact that made him go to ground. Ergo, it's not a penalty. Is it a dive? I don't know. Maybe there are just instances where n- no sufficient contact is made and you know, maybe it's just not a free kick and not a dive, it's just one of those things. And I, and I think we
2: all know, we all know why UEFA got involved in that Eduardo incident. It's because Adrian Durham, the entire English press, uh, every single Arsenal hater in, in the media, let, you know, went on it, kind of leapt on it. Ah, oh, Eduardo's a diver. We've got to take a stand. Mm. He's Croatian. He's playing against their beloved England in a couple of weeks' time. Let's destabilise Croatia. You know, it was all of those media things. As Kevin says, Scotland's got a huge influence with the UEFA. They lobbied them to do it. And it is a fucking witch
3: hunt. It was totally and utterly right. Then he's spoken about this before. He, he says the unfortunate thing about this country is we have justice by Sky Sports News. And he's very right. The people, I think, who were most grateful for the Eduardo incident happening are the West Ham and Millwall fans from the night before. Oh, God, yeah. we does yeah. forget, a man nearly died, people were taken to hospital, and we saw scenes that don't belong in our society, uh, best left rooted in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, where they came from, resigned to our memories. That was in the papers for one day. We had three newspapers, uh, th- three days of newspaper headlines of some foreigner coming over here, taking our money, stealing our jobs, Throwing themselves to the ground on our football yeah. pitches. This country's priority. That's Do you know a, what, I, Absolutely beneficial. But they really just, right. Sky Sports News decided that that was a bigger story. Um, the West Ham and incident went away. Instead, it's been uh, what, getting on for a couple of weeks since that happened. Um, no charges leveled against either club. Um, Can you imagine if that had
2: been Arsenal Celtic that had gone off in the same way as Millwall West Ham? did? you would never have heard the end of it.
0: I have got a swamp theory, oh, theory. They would have
2: hung us out to dry, banned us from Europe and everything. Yeah.
0: There is a line of thought, I've done a lot of research into football hooliganism. There is a line of thought that it was something that was blown out of proportion by the media and over reported to the level that it actually encouraged it. Because people that are attracted to that sort of behaviour knew that it had created a social space where people went to in order to create the, or to, to behave that way. There's people that are attracted to violent behaviour. This time round, perhaps by not publicising it, they're trying to actually keep it under wraps, and I don't know whether there's a certain element where that provided, you know, perhaps I'm just looking far too much into it, but that may have provided, you know, the, the media with a distraction, or perhaps, yeah. you know, there may have been somebody further along the line go, look, we need to keep football hooliganism under wraps, yeah. because we can't have it getting out of control in the way it did before, and the media are responsible for that because it's sold newspapers, so let's keep this as low-key as we possibly yeah. can. I don't know. Well, it's last, something I did think.
2: Well, I was off work that week, so I was fortunate enough to be able to listen to the radio a lot more than I otherwise mm. I, I would have done. Interesting uh, use of the word fortunate. Yeah. <laughs> on, the, on, the Wednesday, on the Wednesday morning, <clears throat> ten minutes about West Ham Mill. Yeah. on the Thursday morning, Friday morning, Saturday morning, they were still going on about the Eduardo Dive. Yeah. Maybe you've got a point. But it certainly pissed me off. Every show on TalkSport, the Eduardo Dive, you know? And talk sport. They really showed their colours that week.
3: It's yes, fast. I mean, I Edouard mean, I mean, going down <clears> to Britain. Uh, did a while I dive. Yes, I think he did. Yeah. Uh, he went to ground and no contact was made. Um, did he? But, as I said before went on air, he's not been charged by UEFA UH with diving. He's been charged with uh, intentionally deceiving the referee. Um, and there's no way I think that can be proved. Um, there, there could be a hundred reasons why he went to ground. Um, you know bear in mind the guy did spend the best part of 18 months out of the game with a horrific injury um you know it's lucky that he's a professional sportsman and got the top line care if that happened to any of us we'd be walking with a cane for the rest of our life if indeed we could walk at all Mm. um thank because we'd be relying solely on the NHS and physiotherapy thereafter um but you know, I, I, I think it's right that, you know, he saw the guy going for him and he may have jumped out of the way and fallen to the ground. I mean, as, as Kevin Steve have both pointed out, at no point did he do the Cristiano Ronaldo or Wayne Rooney, you know, um, praying or, you know, hands in the air, it's got to be, got to be a penalty. After the guy just fell over and, you know, he's turned, everyone's saying that he's got a wry grin on his face. Maybe he sort of smiles as if to say, well, yeah, all right, penalty for that, fair enough. Okay, yeah. maybe he could, he could have taken oh. the Andre Arshvin high ground and do the no ref, it's not a penalty. But it's not his job to it's do or that. Or the
0: Ruby fella, don't send David Seaman off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Dave, I <laughs> yeah. fell over. Yeah, he wasn't
3: bad. That, um, that... <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I, I think he died. Uh, the team match ban is ridiculous. Um, so we, yeah, it, and what he did was nothing worse than Wayne Rooney has done twice since.
0: But, yeah. Kev, to finish off on this one. Sorry, Steve, do you want to say something else? No, I was going to
3: say, I agree with
2: Dave. Yeah, I agree I mean, with Dave. I think he's done that... it twice
3: since then.
0: Yeah, Especially last so. Saturday, yep, in the bad. evening
2: game against Croatia. Mm. I mean, it's a big. Rooney fouls the center off, falls to the ground, appeals for a penalty and gets one. What's worse? He appealed for a penalty, knowing full well that he hadn't been fouled.
0: Mm. I'm going to say, Kev, you want, I'll give you the last word on this, because what it does is it sets a dangerous precedence, doesn't it?
1: Evidently not. No. <laughs> Evidently not. It's a one-off. Yeah. And it's not going to be repeated unless maybe an Arsenal player right <laughs> comes to ground in a key no, qualifying game if you did say you will not hear the end of
2: this we will be following up we will who listen. is that sorry yeah bingo alright oh, so maybe just maybe every time Ronaldo does it every time Rooney does it Gazidis or someone on his behalf is going to be sending a letter to the UEFA pointing this out all the time you know so I don't think Arsenal are going to let it lie that easily
1: here i there Regent Street, and Leicester Square. Everywhere in London we see Arsenal marching on, cos we're dedicated followers of Shabby. You just
0: mentioned Arsenal Wenger, and... Um,
2: I don't actually hate you, by the
0: way. No, oh, but I... love I'd, it, really. No, but I I think just think the these football is, decisions are a bit, you know,
2: worth the wear sometimes.
0: No, Sorry over the last few years he's become like your embarrassing dad like for, for me anyway you know like not to say my dad's embarrassing because he does listen to this but like an embarrassing dad, dad.
3: <laughs> my
0: dad doesn't <laughs> not my dad no no, no. I will <laughs> never
1: forget the clothes he wore when we lost all one to Liverpool yeah. at Anfield <laughs> About two years ago. You know, the, the day of oh. the first podcast. I remember that thing. He, he was, wore a track didn't he? He was awful. Yeah. He just didn't work at all. Dark Man Tracksuit. I mean, track lost a, a bit of respect for the man. That no, you can't lose respect for him. Who's he, replaced he, Steve
3: Ashford? It was a can of worms that's been opened. Danger that the body's messy. I've got my problems with Lars
2: Avenger, in as much as I don't think that he he spends the transfer money that he might otherwise have. And you'd fire him for that. <laughs> and you know, I, I think he, he sends us fans down the river a little bit short right, right, when okay. it comes to transfers. But essentially, but I admire what he's done for the yeah, club and I love him as an Arsenal man and I fully accept the fact he's an Arsenal fanatic. And, and, and that probably his love for the club transcends everything else, which is probably why he didn't go to, to Madrid. Um, and as Kev says, when you see him in that blue tracksuit, and when you see him Spanish to the sands at Old Trafford, you can't help thinking, oh my God, what a great man.
0: Well, this is what I was going to say. That he's he's never won one, He's won a bit of respect from, from me, and I think uh, from opposing fans. N- not many people said this, but those, those fans behind, directly behind, were very, very good to Arsene Wenger. They were all kind of, they, they had a, I mean, it may, it may have been different if they weren't 2-1 down with the last kick of the game, just gone, but... But, you know, they were all very, very good. They all looked like they wanted to shake his hand and sort of pat him on the back. I think he got a little bit of respect. And I, at his press conference after was great. And apparently the press conference, which I haven't seen, I don't know if you guys have, mm. um, after the Eduardo incident. Oh, it was a nice surprise. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think he's... He, he seems to be finding a little bit of humility from somewhere.
2: Well, after, just lately, apart as I say, apart from his transfer spending, when well, I think he's left us a bit short on the pitch this year, every time we isn't it? I agree with the witch hunt comments. Yeah. I loved it when he laughed when he went amongst those United fans that stood there as if to say, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Love that. You know, as Kev says, I love it when he, he, he wears the funny tracksuit every now and, <laughs> and again. I love all the, the histrionics on the touchline. You know, I, as far as an Arsenal is concerned, I mean, he'll be a legend
0: forever. He's, he's, he's a strangely amusing man who seems to lose his uh, sense of humour during the season. I don't know if you've, you've picked up on this because you've been around him, haven't you, Kev? Like, but I've seen him on certain games, like game shows, but when he's been on Arsenal TV... And, you know, perhaps pre-season. And he just seems to be quite a warm person to be around.
1: Uh, well, in fairness, if you're referring to the book, it was my co-writer that... Uh, no, I wasn't, actually...
0: but you managed to get that in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> which uh, yeah, is which... you <laughs> lined mate. Um, I think, <laughs> in private, when he is relaxed, um, he's a bit of a character. Yeah. Um, and you get, you get little hints of that sometimes. He's so definitely got a, a sense of humour. Yeah. Um... The one thing I think you can say about him and Arsenal is he cares deeply. You could never accuse him of not caring more deeply than any fan. And I think any defeat, even though he's responsible for half of them, it hurts him more than anybody. And, um, I mean, no other manager could have overseen this period of the club's history and and not seen us go to the war, frankly, because... You know, to actually keep us competing given what we've faced financially is a huge achievement and it was interesting last week that there was a report that basically said um, that all the, all the way, ways that different football clubs are run the very best model is actually Arsenal. And one of the ironies about UEFA and Michel Platini is he thoroughly approves of the way Arsenal have done have gone into debt because they've gone into debt for a, a reason which is justifiable, which is the building of a fixed asset, which is their football stadium, which a lot of other clubs are struggling to do, frankly. Valencia haven't got the money to move into their half-built stadium. Liverpool haven't got the money to even start constructing theirs. Um, Tottenham haven't even got the money to get somebody to plan there, so you just copied ours. It was actually
2: an April Fool's joke, wasn't it? (laughs) When that was all over the media on April 1st, this is Tottenham's new stadium. Wasn't it? And and they're they're actually going to be playing at White Hart Lane when half this new stadium (laughs) is overshadowing White Hart Lane. And they have to close half the stadium while they're playing a match to, to, to encompass the building work. And... It was just an absolute April the 1st farce. Uh, they're uh, never going to be able
1: to I think Ken's out, got is is a better they?
0: take on what that stadium was. I don't know if you, what you said to me, that it was actually something. It was kind s- of a plan of, this is what you could do with the club, trying to get more investors.
1: They're, they're, they're trying to sell the club, oh. and they've got a better chance of selling it to a very rich person if they've got planning permission for a new stadium. Yeah. Um, so I think you'll find, that before any, a single brick is laid, that uh, some Middle Eastern sheikh comes in. Uh, or some other oligarch, but... Um, and Likewise incidentally, Roman Abramovich nearly very, bought Tottenham, really so close, just yeah. to imagine
0: that. So, just going back slightly, I was saying, um, talking up Arsene Wenger and saying that he's had a little bit of humility, humility um, but, of course, it's suddenly come to light, David, it's suddenly come to light, after all these years of having to put up with it, But Manchester United sing a rather sick chant about Arsene Wenger. Um... Uh, I think the most prominent this has ever been was the cup match last season where um, they beat us 4-5-1? 4-0, wasn't four it? 4-0. Yeah, in the FA Cup, it was live on BBC at the 5, BBC o'clock, five six o'clock, 6 o'clock. And I remember going into work on the Monday and everyone saying, could you hear what United fans were singing? It was brilliant, wasn't it? Yeah, you could hear it live on BBC at like 7 o'clock. And all you could hear was, Arsene Wenger is a, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say it, it's it's appalling, it's foul, I think it's as bad as racism, and um, it's taken this long for it to become public knowledge.
3: Yeah, it's terrible. It, it's, it's an awful, awful thing. And um, it, it's odd speaking with one Manchester United fan, his, his argument is well, have you ever had to sit there listening to a bunch of scousers singing Who's That Lying on the Runway? And I said, Well, well, no, I haven't, but you know, that's, you're know, you completely missing the point. Does that justify you standing up in front of your wife and child and uh, throwing arguably the worst accusation you can throw at any man um, in his face at the top of your voice? It, it, it's completely and you know, utterly unacceptable. Um, and despite Manchester United's protestations to the country, they haven't done enough. If you remember um, when we um, played Manchester United at home, uh, not last season, but the season before. Alex Ferguson famously complained about the level of abuse he received from Arsenal fans, which after investigation by Arsenal and the Metropolitan Police, turned out to be accusations that he bore a striking resemblance to fictional television detective Taggart. Um, Bored by three people sitting immediately behind him. Um, which I personally thought was, was kind of humorous. And and, yeah. and, and being a solicitor, I'm not aware of a charge of you know um, humour with the intent to lampoon yeah. as a criminal offence. But... Um, uh, that, Arsenal, to their credit, now, now put extra security around the dugout uh, and, and uh, you know, for various reasons we have this um, uh, you know, grass-up-your-mate policy uh, text message thing uh, if people are using foul and abusive language in the ground um, and by all accounts the behaviour amongst these football tourists who go to uh, Ashburton Grove on a Saturday is by, by a large exemplary now and that's Arsenal doing their best. Manchester United have essentially washed their hands of this issue and said, well, we've brought it up at a couple of fans' forums, what more can we do? Well, you know, have a look at your CCTV footage. Mm. You know, um, pass it to the Greater Manchester Police. Um, There have now been complaints to the police by various Arsenal fans as a result of what happened last Saturday, and the Greater Manchester Police now have an obligation to explore that as thoroughly and diligently as possible, and if they do what the... um, no, what the Hampshire Police did with the Tottenham fans abusing Sol Campbell at Portsmouth last year, and this CCTV clearly shows people mouthing, sit down, you so uh, so, so so on and so forth, then they are obliged to investigate, find those people, and uh, and prosecute them accordingly. Um, whether Manchester United go ahead and do that, I don't know, but it's it's an awful shocking thing.
0: We've um, since that match, we've uh, we've had this this issue with Amazon and Play, Amazon.co.uk and Play.com. Selling a CD of Manchester United chants, which in- includes the sit-down chant, which apparently isn't directed at Arsene Wenger, which we all know is utter nonsense. Well, Kevin, what other,
2: what other manager in the country is known by that word? I mean, <laughs> do, no what, other do you mean what other that? manager in the country is known sit, as a pedophile? I don't sit, I don't sit <laughs> watching do <laughs> when Stoke plays Sunderland. Cut that out. <laughs> Sorry. So, you know, I don't sit watching matches Day watching Stoke and Sunderland, and mm. hearing the Sunderland fans singing at Tony Pulis or the Chelsea fans singing at um, Harry Redknapp It doesn't happen. It only ever happens to one manager. Everyone knows who that manager is. It's, it's Arsene Wenger. So when, asked, when Play and Amazon were singing, sit down, you, you know, whatever, mm. and they're saying, oh, it, it doesn't refer to a person, it's not defamatory, it's just a chant. You know, that's, that doesn't carry any weight because everyone knows who that chant is directed at. and I I think it's right they've
0: taken it down. It's funny, actually, because going back to uh, David's comments, I remember going to Cardiff last year, and Arsene Wenger was stood on the touchline, and I just thought in front of these these, um, Cardiff fans, he's going to get a hell of a lot of abuse, and he was quite venomous. He's running around on the touchline. I thought, any minute now they're going to pipe up with it, and of course they weren't going to pipe up with it, were they? Because David Jones was there as well. And let's not forget, let's not forget, I mean, let's, let's not
2: forget, I mean, Amazon play... Manchester United, slag them off at will. But the worst perpetrators of this is Tottenham. Tottenham are the worst perpetrators of singing that song. They don't even, they, I mean, they've got, like, four verses of it. You know, and they sing it constantly whenever you go to Spurs. They're the biggest perpetrators.
0: Really? Absolutely. I, was, I, I haven't been to Spurs since Absolutely. 2002, Absolutely. 2002 US, you'll see
2: 2003. Four sides of the Spurs ground all singing three or four verses of it.
0: Right. Like I say, I mean, I, I've, I've always noticed it. Might yes. noticed it more. And they started it
2: as well. But they the, were the ones that leveled the allegation.
1: I mean, the, the,
2: oh,
0: yeah, the,
1: we know about that, yeah. the, so. the phenomenon that's really brought this to a head is that, bad enough it being sung, but to actually commercially make profit from it is um, a step further. And um, I think that's what really made people react much more strongly this time around, because the existence of this... Um, download was discovered. And I'm pleased to say that the media have actually, or some of the media, have have got involved and taken a stance and actually publicised this. And hopefully that will lead to what I consider the only way that this is going to be tackled, which is individuals will be effectively um, plucked out and banned. Um, to basically keep everyone else in order. And I think that's what's happened with the, the, the Spurs chance about Sol Campbell. And hopefully if that happens at Old Trafford and White Hart Lane, then this, this sick chant will stop.
0: What sort of people buy this, though? Just imagine, like, you know, like, like you sell the gooner, like, you know, walking up to the Arsenal, to, to, down Manchester United, down United Road, or wherever they bloody get. Get your yeah, United yeah. CD, get your CD. Has it got sit down and your paedophile on it? Bloody ass go on, have some of that. I mean, like, that was...
2: I tell you, i, I tell you what, you
0: underestimate the British population. OK, well, on that great note, Steve, we'll move on to the, uh, the Champions League draw, which we have kind of touched upon, um, and it does seem to be rather favourable. <laughs> Towards the uh, towards, towards the Arsenal team um, club but
1: certainly helps our our title prospects that there is only one lengthy away trip. Um, I don't think we could have got much of a better draw. And um, funny enough, though historically when the, the the group's been easy, Arsenal have sometimes struggled in the past. So I don't think you can take it for granted, and you can always be surprised. But if Arsenal don't get through this. Um, Oof, I mean we, don't, we haven't got much hope of winning anything for about five years we can't get through that group well, I, said, I, I
2: said earlier I said earlier that we should play the Carling Cup team in, yeah. in the group stage and I'll stand by that um, to be honest I'm upset with the draw because there's not one match in there <laughs> oh, God. that I'm looking forward to seeing I don't you want to see Arsenal El, AZ Alberg whoever they are Elkmark. I mean Olympiakos a few Greek fans have come over here and out seen us oh. in the corner and who's the other one? Standard Liège. Standard Liège.
1: you know. This is Michel Platini's dream. I mean, <laughs> it's the little guys having a chance. Really, oh, really oh, nice. Are you going to
2: wake up on the morning of those matches and think, "Great, I'm going to see Standard Liège tonight"? <laughs> of course you're not. Well, no, no. I, I
3: look forward to the. You know, I'd rather play Real Madrid in the semi-final than the group stage. And we yeah. could have got Real Madrid in the group stage. Um, yeah, yeah I, I'm delighted with the draw. Yeah. You know, you ask. The only way it could be better would be if we got that the Romanian team Unis. Urinary tract infection, whatever they call it, yeah. um, but you know it, it makes a change. It's normally Chelsea who's Champions League drawer, Melchester Rovers, yeah. Debenhams, you know, <laughs> you know yeah. Linfield, limp- <laughs> limp- <I understand laughs> you know. So, <laughs> so no, I'm, I'm, I, how you can put that that draw? No, you know, not I mean, at all. If we can get four wins from from the first four games, we can play the Carling Cup team yeah. for the last two games. Yeah, if we will mathematically be guaranteed finishing top, yeah. it, it, it's great, you know, and. It, and Okay, it, it, they'll be they will be tricky away trips to Greece and to um, Holland probably. Um, no, actually, you know just to Greece? Um, Scotland the age might be tricky because they're not a bad side, but Alcamara, haven't got anything to trouble us. Mm. I, I'm, I'm delighted. Couldn't, couldn't be happy with the draw, right.
0: and I'm. You're not going to read something which I'm sure might be a joke. It might not be a joke, but Tottenham have scrapped their reserve side. Is that true? Is there a gag here or something?
3: No, no, no. They've taken their reserve side out of the um, FA, Premier League, FA Reserve Premier League
1: sale. The, 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 the gag is on David Bentley, I'm afraid. Yeah? Yeah. He yeah. might be playing many games now. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so
2: so, so, so let's elaborate on that. Why have they done that?
1: Good question. Why has Harry Redknapp got rid of his reserve? They've sent a was...
3: lot of players out on London.
1: Hmm. That must be financial, then. Uh, yeah, that okay. um, no, was I mean, the cost of coach
3: to Stevenage every couple. Of years. No, it's late. In Oregon, you miss that. They <laughs> paid late. Late Orient, uh, something like uh, seven hundred and fifty thousand pound a year for use of Brisbane Road as a really? uh, as their reserve ground.
0: But uh, Kevin Keegan did something similar a few years ago. He withdrew Newcastle, Newcastle from yeah. the uh, from there. Um, and the, and there? he said, "Well, yeah, no, what, what, that was, that's that's a good point." But the reason he said was because you know he felt they didn't get anything from going to Scunthorpe on a. That wet Tuesday night, it was just a demoralising, you know, and they, you know, that he couldn't expect them to be sort of motivated by something like that. And they were going to arrange friendlies. They're, they're, they're going to
3: play like. behind closed doors friendly at yeah. their training ground in Chigwell, where it is, um, or St Albans. Um, no, no,
0: that's what Newcastle are doing. Is that what Tottenham yeah, as Toddle well? Doing. Yeah, they're, oh, they're no. going to play behind
3: closed doors friendly. Although, as as we found out with Chelsea the other week, and the visiting team from Abu Dhabi, yeah, it's all well and good, but mm. if they turn up and want to kick the shit out of you, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's worse than playing against them, them away in order shot on a, on a wet Monday night. So that, was, does anyone know how much we pay to use Barnet's Ground for our reserve games? It's about like £15,000 a year, We put, and they make so much money off the family, it's untrue. So why can't Spurs?
2: They no one time. wants to watch Orient v Spurs. Why Why? No, an Orient 750 grand, no. grand if we pay 1 of 15? They get virtual from Orient's youth players but, yeah. and
3: uh, they get to send players on loan to Orient. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well what a old rubbish that is.
2: What a stupid sentence. stupid
3: situation. Well no, it's, it's the notion of a feeder club. I mean we don't officially have a feeder club. It's weird. Did you know that, you probably should, the amount of times it's on the uh, the boards during games, but whole oh, Angi Lai Vietnam, hmm. one of our feeder clubs. You know, which
1: Vietnamese players are we sure, sure we'll be in the, the next I, I thought we were selling a Vietnamese beer actually, actually <laughs> when well, we, well, we did have a feeder club
2: yeah. it was in Belgium yeah. 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 Was in Bevereux and we got a chance to say Yaya Toure or a buoy, yeah. or
0: both yeah. Yeah. the rest is <laughs> <took a> <laughs> <In> history <laughs> we like a buoy. <laughs> we, no like, a buoy. we like a buoy. if I was to criticise if I was to cut it's the fact that he didn't take Yaya Toure and he didn't take um... Marco,
3: Ney?
1: No. <laughs> no. Or even worse, Yappy, who would have, we would have had some great songs <laughs> for. No, the... Th- so Palacios, did he, he didn't take Palacios. Wilson Palacios. Yes,
0: yeah, so... Uh, well,
1: and he did keep hold of
0: Diara as well. Yeah. What's Diara doing now at Real Madrid? He must be like, languishing in there with his herbs.
1: Funnily enough, he is playing in Is he playing? Is he is good even good with Alonso? the he is in, in the player. first team. And what, alongside Alonso and Kaka? He's alongside Alonso. What they've got is a 4-2-2 a two, two, two formation. And the two defensive players are Alonso and Diara. If so Deguane can't get
3: him that team. No, and if if I I he's on, on the bench. One final one dig.
1: In, our, in
2: January. If I could have one final dig at our esteemed manager, <laughs> as much <laughs> as I love him... <laughs> He knew he was going to lose Flamini at the end of the season before last. No,
1: he was genuinely naive about that. This, Why did he sell I just Diara? Say, can I just
0: stop you there and just say this is all in podcast 19 or 20? <laughs> We've had this conversation about it. Why this. the
1: fuck did he sell
2: Diara that year, in January?
0: He didn't have a choice. We did this seriously, listeners. It was just, just podcast 19 it. or 20. It's all he in. He could I have played the
2: fucking song.
0: Huh? And then he would have stayed. He could
2: have done what? He could have played Diara, you know? Yeah. The one that's now playing for Real Madrid. Yeah, no, no, I do know who he is. Yeah? In basically Song because he saw Danielson and Song yeah. playing ahead of him every week but we like and them he, now. And he saw but we like them, them now fuck <laughs> me if they were in the team above me I'm fucking out of here yeah, but I'm but ten times better than them but and look, look at them now. now because <laughs> they would never have played him above them because they're his love children
0: no it was, there was much more to do with it than that yeah. he was unlucky Wenger because he should have just shipped Flamini out there he, he should have
2: shipped, shipped Sendros out sorry Sendros. he should have he, he should have not shipped anyone out He should have just kept everyone he had on the basis that he might have lost Flamini Flamini
0: at the end of the season. But he certainly should have played Diarra in that season. But how could you drop Flamini in the form that he was in that season when we were going for the top of the table. table. Yeah, exactly. We were were top of the table when we had
2: Diarra as part of the equation and Eduardo as part of the equation. Eduardo got injured, Diarra got sold. We lost two world-class players overnight. And then we went
1: from first to fifth no, Diarra well, yeah, yeah, asked to leave. Diarra was not He asked to
2: leave because Senderos and fucking Sol were playing ahead of him. Sondras wasn't,
0: wasn't playing in front of him.
2: No,
3: Flamini was nowhere... <laughs> he just said he was yeah, <laughs> Flamini was nowhere near as good as any Arsenal fan members in. You have to remember the summer that he came into the team and then subsequently played quite well he was inches away, inches, minutes away from signing for Birmingham. Yeah. Not yeah. Milan, not, Mar- not Barcelona, not Birmingham. Don't get me wrong. He had a brilliant. He had an Indian summer. He had a brilliant year for us. But he went to AC Milan, uh, where last season he started eight games, all right back. Mm. You know why like, don't we try getting back in the summer? Because uh, uh, Venga's a lot of things. One thing he definitely is is proud. Yeah. yeah. You cross Arsene Wenger, you do not go back. Yeah. David Seaman's found that out. Bob Wilson's found that. Out. Why, why, why David Seaman? David Seaman. <laughs> David Seaman. Funny you should David ask David that, Seaman actually. David Seaman in his... Uh, if, if you remember why did David Seaman cross it? If, if you remember, um, uh, in his last... I'm trying, is, trying to be. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In his last season, he kept having a back injury, and then he said, look, your contract's up, you're not going to play 40 games this year, I want to get Richard Wright, uh, or whichever bad reserve goalkeeper we had there. I want to get them in the team. I'll give you a one-year contract as a player coach, but you're going to start on the bench. He said, no, I've still got one year in me. He said, well, that's your offer, take it or leave it. He said, well, Manchester City have have given me an offer. Ironically, he then retires three months later. Uh, At the end of that season, uh, Bob Wilson retires and uh, he says, well, I want to come back to coach Arsenal. Yeah, to which Arsenal he said, no, we have Jerry Payton now. You lost a chance. Yeah. You you had a chance last year. year. And interestingly, we've just appointed an assistant goalkeeping coach as we now have four first-team goalkeepers and um, three reserve team goalkeepers. Um, Actually, Jerry David, Payton would be a better bet than Maloney, wouldn't he? David Seaman's <laughs> <David, David laughs> agent apparently contacted the club and said they would be interested in taking up positions, which Arsenal said, I've already offered the position to Mark poom Mark poom is our new reserve, uh, sorry, our new um, assistant goalkeeping coach. He looked, I like Mark Poom. He's a good,
0: loyal man. <laughs> what do you what? mean he
3: was good, loyal?
0: He was at Arsenal for two Pum. years. David team was there over ten. I remember he played <laughs> one game. what's game loyal
2: about Mark? No, Mark Poom. Oh. Mark Poom came to us and and, and thought me, he was so grateful to play for Arsenal. <laughs> yeah. Well, he so be. You know, and he was prepared to sit on the bench there and never get a match. Steve, <laughs> just because oh, he's also from up And he looks like Adam Velasco as well.
0: But, <laughs> oh, that's a great reason. But, I'm glad he signed for us. I but, really
2: am. I mean, I must admit, I think to to, to, to this Seaman in the way that he has done, I think it's fucking criminal. Who? Wenger. Right, sorry, wants to come sorry,
0: by, sorry, You've just said to this uh, David yeah, Seaman. Yeah. God, viewers, if, if I mean, listen. Wasn't wasn't sorry. My sorry can you please find Seaman some old Gooners and keepers. listen to some of the stuff Seaman that, that this man said keeper. about but David my, Seaman?
2: Seaman wasn't my favourite keeper by <laughs> long But my God, the fucking keepers we've got now. If Seaman could instil one iota of his calmness and confidence and authority on Menoni and Seaman. I, I know, but,
0: I know, hang on, do you know what, there's a moral to this story, yeah. and it's like, and it's basically, you know, the grass yeah. is always green on the other side, because when we had Seaman,
2: yeah.
0: now we've not got him, yeah. we really appreciate him. Do you think we might be the same about Arsene Wenger? <laughs> <laughs> and, but,
2: and, and, you
1: would ready there, are <laughs> not you? <laughs> I'm going to end it there.
0: No, I'm not. I'm not going to end it there. I'm going to ask you, no, for your no, predi- you, I'm ask you a few predictions. Oh, yeah, we'll do that in
2: a minute. Oh, well, thanks you very much. You I'm glad I'm to see I'm I've got I'm authority. i think It's terrible that Wenger is not letting Seaman back just because of that. Because why Why wouldn't Why wouldn't um, Seaman <laughs> want to play for a year at Man City You know, at the end of his career? I mean, if he, th- if he thinks he can extend it by
1: one year by playing there. Well, because basically he was told the situation by Wenger and Wenger was right. Seaman was the one living in La La Land. <laughs> yeah. But, but we all make mistakes, don't we? I think it's made fucking millions. Well, <laughs> so did yeah. David Seaman
0: if you read your... Yeah.
2: Uh, your I mean, um... I think it's
3: made more mistakes than any, anyone in the history of Arsenal Football Club. But we all still love him. I'm oh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. Know, Bruce Rioch, <laughs> your asked best players to put in a transfer request. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, run us into the ground and try to reinvent mine Keown as a central midfield player. Yeah. Yeah, I'll, I'll take, take Arsen over the, uh, yeah. the, the, the recently sacked manager oh, we of OK Odenson. We all would. But when we get knocked out of the <laughs> Carling Cup in the quarter-final... we the can FA get Cup John in
2: the Jensen. The Champions League in the quarter-final when we finish fifth... Yeah. We'll all go back to tonight and we'll all be going... Steve was right. in hamster wheel again.
0: Right. It well, well, it's funny actually, because what I'm going to ask you is your predictions, and it's what? That right. uh, Arsenal are going to finish fifth...
2: So do you want to do it on, on, on
0: air, then? We like we are on air. We're not on air now. We've been on air for the last half an hour. Really? Do
3: you think this was just. Do you think I'm here just enjoying it's your company? I, I thought this was all off the record. <laughs> I've got a beautiful Canadian woman waiting for me. Oh, no, sorry, I'm not even. Start, <laughs> Basti. I thought this was all off the record. Really? Yeah.
2: All oh, right. Bloody hell. Okay, well then, okay, case So if we're on file, then right. <laughs> I reckon. um...
0: Oh, I reckon my, my like cup
2: quarterfinal, you... <laughs> FA Cup quarter final. Champions League, first knockout stage. Hang
0: on, first knockout stage? Yeah, first knockout. That's the first round
2: off.
3: That's the sixth team. get So
2: we'll get
0: out of the group. We'll
2: get out of the group, then we'll go out in the first knockout stage. Right, OK. Uh, and uh, Premiership,
0: fifth. fifth. Fifth? Fifth. Who's the four teams that are going to finish above Arsenal? Liverpool. Right. Man United. Chelsea. Manchester because if you were a Liverpool fan you'd be so much happier at the moment wouldn't you Steve totally wouldn't <laughs> <laughs> to finish a reminder that issue 198 of the Guna is currently on sale both online and outside the stadium on match days it will remain available for the games against Olympiacos and Blackburn and the cover celebrates the impact of new signing Thomas Vermaelen. our email address is gunapodcast at gmail.com if you want to get in touch thanks to our sponsors Vision Sports Publishing this is your host the Lord Admiral